If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Hi, Marleya. <laughs> There's no Courtney here today. No Courtney. It feels kind of sad. It does. It feels like the room is like a little bit colder, a little bit larger. Mm-hmm. Miss you, Courtney. Miss you, Courtney. It's not, she's not like dead or anything. Like no. She just was <laughs> at a conference. Maybe dead asleep. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully she's dead asleep because she's probably exhausted. Apparently, this was a big week for conference travel and stuff like that. So, right. Good times. Good times. Good times leading into the Thanksgiving and the Christmas coming up and then to the Depression. Wow. After Christmas. I mean, dark. Dark. I'm sorry, but y- y'all know, like, after all the festivities and lights are over with, January through April just sucks. It does get kind of dark. It, I don't know. I have that initial January, like, you're going to do all the things. It's a new year. Thank God I don't have to buy any more presents. I do have. Yeah. It's that, that, that first little bit of like breathing again after all the events and all the expectations well, and all the everything. Y'all have like the full run because you, it's like birthday season oh, yeah. from like August mm-hmm. until November. It really is. Yeah, the madness has already begun and it just continues nonstop until January. Right. And yeah. And nonstop. And then you got all the holidays in between. And then afterwards, yeah. I'm I'm sure we take a little breath. January's a good breath, but something that we... And it's dark. It is dark, Mm -hmm. but something that we are going to start doing because we did it once and then I'm just made my mind up for everybody here that we're going to go to New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Again in February. Again in February. Patrice's birthday! So that is like, you know, I think that's a great kind of, you know, recovered from the holidays. And then now we get to go do something special for the beginning of Mardi Gras season. You know, if y'all are in New Orleans, hmm, maybe hmm. we should do a TSS meetup at a bar or something like that. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. So, hmm, hmm, yeah. hmm thinking, thinking, writing it down so yes. that it doesn't stop right here in this moment. Exactly. TSS meetup. So in the absence of Courtney, Patrice met me at the door with a spectacular idea. <laughs> I met you at the door with an idea and a dance. I know. <laughs> But it was like a weird dance. It was like a dance of like, I don't remember this word. I don't remember this word. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But we have, we didn't, we don't even have like weird BYOB stuff. Uh -uh. Patrice put us together a little vodka cranberry club soda thing. Yeah. Which was going to have Prosecco, but apparently we're both stupid weak and we can get some bottle open. We don't have our Courtney with us to open up our, our Prosecco. But... It is damn tasty. It is if very it's good. The spot. It does. Mm. Of course, um, Marleya glug glugged it, so it's like Sorry. half vodka, half cranberry. <laughs> we should have learned by now. I, I really She's like, is that enough? <laughs> She's like, I don't think we have enough vodka for both of us. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, let's see. Before we get started today. We we did, like, we y'all, we're legitimate now. Well... <laughs> 
Not really. We're respectable ladies. We're respectable. <laughs> <laughs> and we joined the Chamber of Commerce. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and so we were like, you know, add a little coffee thing, schmoozing and talking to some people and of course passing out cocktail recipes and listening to people's scary ghost stories, which, oh my God, mm-hmm. there's, there's some good ones out there. And we got invited to do the Calhoun County Most Wanted. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. I do feel like it's a, it's got to be like a very small town sort of thing. I imagine. I don't, I don't know. I, it's like, so our local pub, it's, it's a public access TV station. It's a, yeah. it's our local TV 24 station mm-hmm. that, that uh, produces out, out of Oxford, Alabama. Right. And they, the, like the, Folks involved in the police department, like the sheriff and you right. know, and folks, they've done a like a weekly little TV show that I think it's a full half hour TV show. I'm not sure, yeah. but it's Calhoun's County Most Wanted, like, and it re- literally like, is the most wanted. Yeah, like criminal, like like people then, who broke the law, and then us. And then they just take a break, and they're like, "These are some other people you might want to know." So we're pretty excited people about you that. Don't want to know, and people you do want to know possibly it's I almost feel like we're going you know, so if we were up in Tupelo and I don't even know if these people are still alive in Tupelo Mississippi it would be like the going on the Buddy and Kay show <laughs> <laughs> which I would love to be on the Buddy and Kay show just give me a, a tambourine and let's oh let's, let's do some Ooh, singing maybe we should bring a tambourine <laughs> we got 10 minutes there's no way we're gonna like fit everything that we've got and say yeah, in the ten I minutes, I don't even know. They're if gonna it's like a full pull 10 out. Minutes. They're gonna pull out the hook and like pull <laughs> us off the stage because we're gonna be like, and. <laughs> but the host was very. He, he was very nice, and actually, I um, I I've known him through mutual friends for a long time. Yeah, he's very mm-hmm. cool, and he does like local theater stuff, and he's also like running for probate judge. <laughs> so it's just a it's a, a weird, weird concoction only the South can mm-hmm. like produce, right? But we're looking forward to it. So yes. we'll get to have a nice little conversation with him, and we'll keep you posted and on we'll, when. Yeah, and we'll do a link to it. I'm sure it'll be like on Facebook. I'm sure they put it on the I'm, socials. I'm not entirely sure, but we'll, <laughs> we'll find out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get we'll get somebody's mammal to record it on VCR. Oh for us. I might still have a VCR, but I don't think. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to work that part out. Oh, so while we were sitting there at this coffee event at called Coffee in Anniston, again, wonderful coffee place, great people, and they have a honey lavender uh, latte. latte that is oh, really very good. So yeah, if you ever go, get that. Absolutely. That's good. And a praline latte. Like it's just good. And it's like quality coffee mm-hmm. and quality people for sure. But we were sitting there and I was telling Marlea because I've been, for some reason I've been having nightmares and it's not like it's not like scary, even though it is scary stuff. But I wasn't scared during the time. Like usually in past nightmares, it's like I'm terrified kind of deal. And, and this is kind of like I'm just there and it's kind of like, OK, whatever. I've always dreamed about living or buying a big house like ever since I was young I would have these dreams where I would be in a huge house and I would go exploring and then weird shit would happen and then something was chasing me and (laughs) I'm going through multiple like it but it's always kind of been that way but the thing about these big houses that I've dreamed of is that they're all kind of just run down Mm -hmm. you know as old you know homes do 
And when we bought, we live in, in a pretty large house. And when we bought this house, you know, it just felt like it felt so right. It's like I was buying my big house. It's like I've dreamed. Not necessarily about this house. Dreamed about things chasing me through these halls. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but it kind of like things kind of synced up for like this dream mind that I have. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it, y'all. But and I've had a couple of other big house dreams since we've moved into this house, but not as many as I used to. Anyway, I don't know what the fuck that means. But anyway, <laughs> I had a big dream house uh, this weekend. And you made a big house dream? Yes. What the fuck did I just you say? Said big dream house, like Barbie dream oh, house. Yeah. <laughs> I had a big dream house this week. <laughs> with, my, with my Corvette, my Barbie Corvette. <laughs> so I had a big house dream this weekend. And... It started with me and my husband were in this house and obviously we just purchased it. It was out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, It was like two or three stories with an attic and a basement. And I remember we were checking out the fireplaces and there was like a fireplace all the way in the attic. And so we are in this attic like area, not unsimilar to kind of the feeling, although it was a little bit closed in, of the part where Dumbledore dies in oh, okay. like the like bell tower kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it was very bell tower-ish. And my husband was like looking to see like where this water was coming from. And I know where that is because we have house, we have water leaks in this large house because of fucking fireplaces. So I know mm-hmm. where that anxiety was coming from. So he started poking around in there, which if you knew my husband, you knew that he is not this person <laughs> to go poking around anything in dark places, right? <laughs> and so I saw like some like small bats start to fly out and I'm like telling him like chill, chill with the poking cuz like bats are coming out and about this time like one of those big fox bats oh, good God. just like steps out from behind <laughs> the chimney and and Chad is just like looking at me, but this huge bat is like comes up like right behind them and oh, I was like, God. Okay, I'm like, you need to walk towards me. Don't look behind you. And then it just kind of like, you know, it fades into another kind of scenario where, you know, I'm I'm in this house, I'm checking out Basically, I'm checking out all the places where water is coming in, then there's water damage. And again, I know where that's coming from. And so I'm looking at these places and I'm, I'm discovering these new rooms in this large house, which is really cool. Like, I, I enjoy that part of the dream. And I've always enjoyed like discru- discovering new rooms in my big house dreams. Mm-hmm. That was always a thrill for me. And so I'm doing that and I open up this room, y'all. And it's like, a Victorian kids room. And you know what's in every Victorian kids room? It is a Victorian doll. And at this part in the dream, there's something that is like getting people like a boogeyman out there. It's like un, unknown, like something on the outside trying to get inside or taking people and stuff. But it wasn't really that big of a worry. It's kind of like I knew that it was happening. I'm trying to tell people, it's like, look, don't go outside. You'll get taken by, you know, this thing. And so I knew like there's there was something trying to get into this house kind of deal, but it wasn't like really pressing and it seemed to be happening to other people. Right. And so 
I opened up this thing and I see the doll and I'm kind of in my dream. I'm like, fuck, (laughs) of course. And so I'm like looking at the doll. I was like, don't you fucking talk to me. (laughs) And of course, the doll fucking talked to me (laughs) and it started telling me, I was like, the thing is coming. It's going to be in here, like kind of deal. And I'm like, first of all, shut up. (laughs) I told you not to talk. And it wouldn't stop talking about this thing that was coming to get me or to get us or whatever thing. So I grabbed the doll and I can still remember I grabbed the doll. It's still talking and it's it starts fighting back like it's full on Chucky moment. Right. And I just like break its neck (laughs) and then break it into like pieces because I'm like mad at it because I told it not to talk to me. So I was fully in charge of that, but it wouldn't shut up and it kept just like i'm like would you just die and it wouldn't but i wasn't scared i was just annoyed (laughs) and then i woke up (laughs) that is creepy as fuck i know (laughs) i know but i I wasn't scared i was very calm as i murdered this i did (laughs) i straight up murdered that doll that still kept talking and moving and telling me of bad things to come oh my god I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that. It was really weird. And then I woke up and I totally remembered everything. Mm-hmm. And I remembered the feeling of, of like snapping the part of the neck on the doll. You need to sage some shit. I, I, think I, you I need, need to, to sage like, your room. I need to sage you myself. For sure. So there you go. There's my nightmare for your entertainment. (laughs) It's what we do. It's what we do. It's what we live for. (laughs) All right, let's take a break and we'll get back to the story. Yes. Do you want more Strange South every week? We can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us, or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get free swag, extras, exclusives, and a discount on merch. You can find links to all these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode. Strange South t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and other goodies. See you there. Boo. (laughs) Boo. All right. And we're back. And we're back. All right. I have a story. Yay. I have had this story like um, on my list for a while and a listener messaged us to ask us if we'd ever done it and if we would think about it a little while ago. And I unfortunately couldn't find the recommendation, so I can't give you the shout out that you deserve. But thank you in advance. It's so like it's so hard to find the thing that you found once. I know in all the social media like back end. Yeah, because there are like three or four different ways that people you know use. Yeah, to... which is fine, but still, it's like anyway. No, yeah, never mind. But but, but you know the yeah. the point is the point is we we will find your you. name and we will thank you. Yes, for this. You know who you are, or you will soon. Soon. All right. <laughs> They're like it's me. It's me. God damn <laughs> it's, it. It's me. <laughs> so this story. Begins on New Year's Eve, 1953. Okay. 
Dwight D. Eisenhower is president. I love Lucy, the biggest thing on TV. The Korean War has just ended. The first issue of Playboy has come out this year. Actually, this month in December oh, wow. of 1953. Because Marilyn Monroe was, I was going um, to ask, who the was first Playboy, I believe, December. On, on the cover. <clears throat> National news is pretty quiet. And in the small town in North Carolina called Bladenboro, everything is kind of peaceful. You had a look on your face. Were you thinking of something? I was burping. You were Sorry. just farting. I, know. <laughs> I was farting. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, you remember was, something in history my that I forgot? <laughs> that was my burp face, which obviously is, uh, was misleading. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> so... This small, quiet town of Bladenboro, North Carolina. It's um like small, like even today, this town has not a lot in it. It's like 1,700 people. And it has, if you look at it in Google, it's got like an Exxon, a Hunt Brothers, a Mexican joint, a school, a dentist, a Dollar General, and only like six churches. So it's like tiny <laughs> by Southern standards. <laughs> um, but it's it's more than an hour west of Wilmington in the south of the state. It's like 45 minutes south of Fayetteville, which is where Fort Bragg is. That's where my dad was stationed for a while when I was in high school. Oh, wow. But now, okay, so we're back in 1953. It's New Year's Eve. Bladenboro resident Johnny Voss goes outside and finds something awful outside his house one of his dogs is lying dead outside oh my god and he told the charlotte news there was blood all over the porch like big puddles of blood there was a pool of saliva on the porch what and he and his dad you know they had two dogs out there and one of them was barking and everything but the other one had obviously been attacked and so he and his dad wrapped the dog in a blanket and they went back in and a few hours later there's crazy noises outside and they go out to find both dogs gone. Whatever had killed the dog had come back to get its body, and it took the other dog as well. Oh, shit. They said they found that dog three days later in a hedgerow. They said the top of one of the dog's heads was torn off, and its body was crushed and wet like something had been dragging it around in its mouth, and the other dog's lower jaw was torn off. Oh, my God. So this is like a serious, like... Yeah. This was a... Like grizzly. A powerful thing. A man in a neighboring town had lost a dog in a similar way just a couple days before. So on New Year's Day, Woody Storm in Bladenboro, a farmer, finds two dogs dead at his farm. And one of them, he said, was sort of eaten up. January 2nd, another dog is found dead. Two more the following day. And in all of these, the skulls are crushed in and chewed up. Are the brains still there? I guess so. It sounded okay. like it. They didn't say anything about the brains in the newspaper articles. They said after, like, the, I think the third day, they cut one of the dogs open, according to the police chief. And he said there wasn't more than two to three drops of blood in the dog. What? That his blood had been drained and his bottom, its dog, the dog's bottom lip had been broken open. His jawbone was smashed back. The ear of one dog was gnawed off and the tongues of two had been chewed out. Like, oh it my was just like taking God. these dogs apart. And because of this weird, like, impromptu dog autopsy, people start calling it the vampire beast. So January 3rd, a guy in Bladenboro named James Pittman said about 11 o'clock, I heard a noise outside my window like a baby crying. So he goes outside to follow the noise and he says he follows it for close to a mile. And he oh. always saw bushes. And I was like, that was stupid. That was dumb. <laughs> he like. said he saw bushes moving, but he never actually saw what it was. But then he, th he said, but it must have been close to 150 pounds by the way it went through the bushes. And I'm like, hmm. Oh, no, sir. Yeah. I don't know about that. In the fall you, with the leaves. You, you got your uh, rifle. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's, that's a, a mile is a fucking long way to walk to yeah. find something. To track, to yeah. hunt something. Yeah, I'm yeah. like walking out to the mailbox and then I'm getting in my car and <laughs> going to drive with my doors locked wherever I need to go. So that same night, January 3rd, the police chief, Roy Forez, again, took his three coon dogs out to find out what was doing this. But he said they couldn't catch a trail. There were other newspaper reports that said they refused to follow the trail that they caught. The day after that, the Wilmington Morning Star, and of course, this starts to get on the news real fast, Mm because like I said, there's not a lot going on around here right now, and there's not a lot going on national news. Right. So it gets picked up by local newspapers real quick, and then because there's not a lot going on in the rest of the country, it's getting reported everywhere. Mm -hmm. Wilmington Morning Star interviewed a local guy named Lloyd Clements on January 4th. And he said that he had seen the thing. He said, oh, God, I forgot this. So he said, I've got two dogs. I'm not going to tell you the name of the little black dog. Oh, my God. And Pee Wee, the brown one. He said, me and my wife were sitting in the living room. We heard the dogs get restless and my front light was on. And Larry Moore across the street had his backlight on. He said, I glanced out the window and I saw this thing and it had me spellbound. He said it was about 20 inches high and it had a long tail that was about 14 inches long. The color of it was dark and it had a face exactly like a cat, only I've never seen a cat that big. And he said it was walking around stealthy, sneaky, moving about, trying to get names of dogs redacted. I jumped for my shotgun and loaded it and went out to shoot it, but it moved into the darkness right away and I couldn't find it again. So he said like 20 inches high, which to me, that's that's not not very big. No, that's like a mountain lion size or a puma. I was like, 20 inches high? I don't know. You think that's that's not? No, that's not even... Like, I don't even know that that's mountain lion size. That's that seemed small to me for yeah. what like everybody was saying this thing was doing, you know. Right. But people did start saying that because of his description and the other guy who said it had to have been like 150 pounds and they're like, OK, well, it's a mountain lion or a yeah, panther and, and a bear or something like that. Yeah, a panther. Like, um, that's about right. For like the size and the weight of a panther mm-hmm. and they can they will fuck some shit up well and that's what people started saying it was a black panther mm-hmm. um chief forrest goes out again on january 4th he has about a dozen other folks plus some hunters who've come in from wilmington and they claim that they track the thing for three miles through the swamp and then the trail gets cold and people are starting to get real nervous in Bladenboro by this time because it's it's a lot of dogs to go down right. in a very weird, violent kind of way. Mm-hmm. And they're not sure how long it's going to be before it's not just dogs. Right. Because they just don't know what it is. All right. Yeah. And according to NorthCarolinaGhost.com, there was a young man named Ev Butler who was interviewed. Um, he said the whole town was going inside after dark. He said, we didn't live in the town limits at the time. And almost everybody had an outdoor privy. To supplement this no. outside convenience, he said most houses had a thunder jug inside, a, <laughs> a big jug that could be used Woo. at night and emptied into the privy during the day. Yeah, he said that jug got plenty of use during the scare. <laughs> sure, thunder jug—that is like the best name. It that is I've the best name ever. Somebody heard. should do a band called Thunder Jug. <laughs> <laughs> But I was like, yeah, I totally, there is no freaking way you would go outside to use the bathroom at night if you know that there's something hunting around killing dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, And everybody, of course, starts carrying their guns around everywhere they go. So the mayor of Bladenboro, Woodrow Bill, Bob Bill, something, Woodrow Fussell, starts kind of asking other hunters to come help local folks round up this vampire monster thing. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, January 5th, somebody's pet rabbit is decapitated. And then the news reports that the monster attacks its first human victim. So there's a front page article from the Raleigh News and Observer that says Mrs. C.E. Kinsla goes out on her front porch on January 5th to investigate these whimpering dog noises in the early evening. She reports that she sees dogs in the road being chased by what looks to her like a big dark mountain lion. Mm -hmm. She said it raced from three doors down toward her front porch straight at her and then like caught itself up when she screamed and her husband came out responding to her scream. And then it took off and ran off into the swamp. Right. And they said that the tracks in their yard were bigger than a silver dollar, which I was like, I don't think a silver dollar is all that big. Silver dollar is like that it's big. It's not that big. No. But that's what, you know, that was what she was. She was quoted in the newspaper. I saying, am like really disappointed <clears throat> in this lack of Southern exaggeration. I know. Right. Well, it's funny because there was more. It was just really it was like there were so many stories about this, this thing. And um, it was actually kind of hard to comb through. So that night, more than 500 hunters Jesus. descended on this town that at the time had a population of 1,000 people. Oh it was like God, half all, over again. All the, the man folk went yes. out with their guns. And some of them were like like frat brothers from UNC had come in to like for a kind of a, a lark. Mm-hmm. There were some professional hunters who were, you know, just like whenever you have a cryptid scare, a Bigfoot scare, oh, there are professional yeah. hunters. There are people who come out to get the big thing. Mm-hmm. They had claims that there were cat-like tracks in the mud with claws that were an inch long and a depth that indicated an 80 to 90 pound animal. And y'all know like an inch. That's not very big. <laughs> <laughs> we keep on saying like, it's it like, sounds really big when you say it in like, like a scary way. But for real, it's not it's actually like My that cat big. has like almost inch long claws, y'all. Come on. <laughs> um, and so these 500 guys, they're in the swamp all night. Nobody finds it. Hmm. Next night, January 6th, 800 people come in from as far as Tennessee. It was like all a night in the swamp. So I was down. like, where are these folks staying? I guess they camp uh, out or whatever. Yeah. Um, and of course, nobody finds it. January 7th, they find another dead dog in the swamp. Um, there was over the course of this time a report that a goat had also been slaughtered. There's a gas station owner named Tater Shaw who said he saw the goat. And in a 2006 article from the Wilmington Star News, he told a reporter, its head was flat as a fritter. <laughs> it had a big old track across its head. And I was like, that's odd. Like a track. A track like it's been run over? That's what I was thinking. And there was somebody who had said the same about another one of the dogs, that its head had flattened and there was some sort of like a track on its head. I was like, that's bizarre. Well, if there's 800 people running around crazy, know, right? somebody, point, if it was already dead, somebody like ran over it. I know. Yeah. But Tater claimed that there were some hogs and a small cow had also been killed. At one point, somebody threw in a family of kittens and a lamb into like the murder <laughs> oh list. God. Um, Meanwhile, this one like like hungry, hungry, <laughs> whatever it is, panther. And, and of course, there's 800 people tromping around. Like, surely oh. it's not going to stick around, right? Right. But uh, meanwhile, the mayor, who is also the owner of the local movie theater, booked a movie called The Big Cat on oh January my 9th, God. advertising. Now you can see the cat. We've got him on our screen in Technicolor. And uh, he, like, you know, kind of made his own killing on were there, that. Were there t-shirts made? Cause there were, there was a sign painter I in need town. A t-shirt. I, I actually looked for these because there's a guy named Dick Hilburn who used to run around with um, circus sideshows mm-hmm. because he had, uh, he had no legs and only one arm, uh, but he was an extremely talented artist. So he used to do like kind of circus sideshow stuff. Right. And he... 
ended up like doing a tattoo artist studio in the town and everything like that. He was a sign painter and he started selling hand painted memorabilia of the the vampire beast. Oh my god, bro! With the, his idea of what the vampire beast looked out looked would, like painted on it. That, I was like, where would you get these? I, I want know. these. I know. I'm going to like start hitting the thrift stores. <laughs> eBay, eBay, eBay. So around this point, though, it becomes pretty clear that the mania has gone too far. Woodrow Fussell later said to the Greenville News that the town was armed to the teeth. He said even small boys were carrying guns around. And the Wilmington Star reported that one man heard dogs barking outside one night, looked through a window and saw a shadow. Grabbing his shotgun, he rushed outside, blasting away. On closer inspection, he found his child's bicycle crumpled to the ground with the tires in shreds and the seat ripped with buckshot. And it's just like people just Jesus had gone Christ. way beyond the pale with yeah. their, like, their mania about this. Right. So on January 13th, a local farmer traps an unusually large bobcat. And an unusually large bobcat was apparently like 25 pounds. Right. Which I was like, that can't be right. But that's what I read in that article. They're kind of small, but they're feisty. And they they caught it in a steel trap and they killed it. And the mayor immediately announced and said, like, put it out in all the newspapers. We have caught the vampire beast of Bladenboro. And they hung it up on a flagpole in town. And they were like, this is the one. Because he was just like, we just had to stop people from going out there and accidentally murdering everyone. Right. Friendly fire. Even though he's one of the ones who like riled everybody up for it. Oh, yeah. With his movie booking. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, a lot of people in town are looking at this saying like, well, that is not what I saw. Like, Mm That that is not what I saw, and it all kind of so. But that was the end of the story of the Beast of Bladenboro because it did not attack anymore. Oh. It you know it's it's gone at this point. They didn't see anything else come out. Okay, and it all kind of got me thinking, like, what could it have been? Yeah, and so I started with this. Okay, maybe it really was a bobcat, mm-hmm. and. You know, the descriptions that people gave were so widely varied. You know, there were people Mm -hmm. who said like the one guy said it's 150 pounds. A bunch of people said it's it's huge and dark and bulky. And uh, everybody pretty much said it had a cat face. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one lady who said she saw silver dollar sized prints, that's like an inch and a half. Right. And a bobcat's paw is about two inches wide. Right. So that would track. Mm hmm. The guy who said he heard a like a noise like a baby crying and tracked it through the woods. That's what cats. That would track mm-hmm. with a bobcat. It would also track with a cougar. Mm-hmm. Foxes make that noise. Oh, foxes make the weirdest. <laughs> they like, make oh, the worst noises. Pretty fox. And then they open their <laughs> mouth like, and you're like, no, no. Hell, peacocks sound like women screaming. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, yeah. there are a lot of animals that make that noise. Absolutely. Lots of people said very clearly that they were absolutely certain that what they saw had a tail. So that would knock the bobcat out. Right. And that it was too big to be a bobcat. But all the sightings seem to have happened in the evening. Is is like a a panther or a cougar. Yeah. Um, But that that estimate came from a guy who didn't actually even see it. mm. And like, you know, we were just talking the other day when you hear like a bird rustling in the dry leaves in mm -hmm. the autumn time. It sounds like you're hearing a dog running through the woods because the leaves are so loud that you really can't tell from the sound of something at that time of year. Right. Like how big it is. Right. Exactly. Have you seen that video of the rabid uh, bobcat attacking that uh, that woman? No. I'll put that up on our show page. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, home cameras, you know, yeah. they record out front. They, this couple, this man and this woman, 
were like putting stuff in the car to go somewhere and out in the distance you can see this little dot and it comes up and it jumps on the woman's oh my back God. and starts attacking her for like no reason and her husband like goes and grabs it like off of her and he's got like this crazy bobcat that he's holding like out in front of him like a oh toddler and then he just like slings it away um because you know it's like you, he grabbed it off his wife and he's kind of like oh shit what do i do with it now kind of deal so he slings it off of his wife it it runs away kind of deal but they've all got it on tape uh and it was it was rabid so that's crazy yeah it's- have you have you heard the interview of the lady that got attacked by the rabid raccoon like up in the northeast no there was a like a, and you know raccoons can get really big right they can oh, get kind of bulky hell yeah this rabid raccoon followed her up her she had a, like a long driveway and it was snowy and everything and it mm-hmm. followed her up her driveway and attacked her and uh, latched onto her leg and she couldn't get away from it like it wouldn't let go and eventually she she managed to get like people could hear her finally like her son and her husband I think came out and they couldn't even kill it like it took forever for them to get it off of her and then they just basically beat the thing to a pulp before it would finally die yeah like they are so just like broken in the brain by that point right but it's yeah, crazy. and then there was a whole big part. This was on This American Life, too, that they did part of this interview. And it was a whole big thing about, like, it was practically impossible for her to get the rabies shot because they were like, oh, it didn't happen in my county or you can only do this on Sundays or, you know, it was like this whole big rigmarole. Somebody told her she didn't have to get the shot. What? At the, like, immediately that you could wait up to 48 no. hours. Rabies is like 100% fatal. It was terrible. And oh she, just, she just got it, like, in the last few hours of her window oh because of bureaucracy. God. Anyways, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Listen to this American life. That's a really cool story, though. Um, So in this one, the people were people who said it was really big and had a tail like they all were seeing it in the evening. You know, the shadows are getting long. It's dark. There's a lot of other kind of contributing factors to what you're actually seeing. Mm hmm. As far as the size goes, it's really interesting. So I found this, I found, I'll send this to you on your, I'll see if I can send this to you on your phone. I found this article that features a video from Ringgold, Georgia, that there was this guy who caught what he was sure was a cougar or a mountain lion on his backyard camera, like the kind that you're talking about Mm -hmm. that they saw the bobcat on. And he sent it in to local biologists and police and everything. And he said, this is a cougar running through my back lot. Mm -hmm. And it really, I mean, like you watch it and there's this giant, tawny, long tailed cat Mm, running through his backyard. Mm -hmm. And biologists, like they forwarded it on to a lot of other people. And a lot of people were like, I don't think it moves quite right, but there's really not enough. There wasn't any context to put it like there was no way uh, to tell what the scale was. And so everybody's like, we actually can't say yes or no, because it's pretty convincing. But there are some things that just don't quite add up. And they weren't able to verify whether it was or wasn't until the guy who sent in the video actually went back and found a video from the exact same perspective of a confirmed house cat running in the same trajectory across his backyard. And he put the two videos together and saw that what he was looking at with that tawny cat was really probably only about 15 pounds. It was just a large house cat. 
but it looked massive because of the fact that there was nothing to show scale in the video. And that happens a lot with people who see massive things driving. Oh, I don't know. That's a cougar. It's totally not. It is Further a cougar. Down there, it shows the picture of the overlay with the, the house cat. There's and it's two, just barely bigger than the house cat. There's too much. Well, it's a baby cougar because <laughs> there's too much space between its belly and the ground. I don't know. They 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 decided that it was biologically impossible for it to be a cougar. They are wrong. <laughs> that brings me to the second point was, could it have been a, a mountain lion? Could it have been a cougar, puma, panther, mm-hmm. mountain lion, catamount? Catamount. Because they also make that same screaming noise. Yeah. One biologist noted, though, that they're actually not vocal animals. They don't communicate that way very often. So you don't frequently hear them making that noise. So it's kind of mm, maybe. Biologists also said that it's very unlikely that any could have been in the area. The last eastern North American cougar was killed in the 1930s. And there are Florida panthers still, but there's like they're they're endangered. There aren't enough of them. Right. Well, I, I think pretty much anybody that lives around here that lives out in the Talladega National Forest can call bullshit on that because we'll see that's what I was gonna say everybody around here when we've even had a cougar in Jacksonville everybody has these stories so like we've seen one my parents in their neighborhood they mm -hmm. had people say that they saw one up there Chad Um, saw one riding up on Cheeha so mm -hmm. and And it had mountains yeah but they said if you do they said there are no confirmed breeding populations of northeastern cougars or cougars, North American cougars, out in the the southeast, like Tennessee, they have confirmed sightings, but they it's weird. Some of it is almost like they're living with Bigfoot. Then I or, know, right? Or either they just don't have enough cougar scientists. Some of it is also like red tape kind of stuff because they're not red tape, but um, it's like science speak kind of gets in its own way, but like right. to a certain extent because they're like, well. It's in Tennessee, but if you test Alleged its DNA, cougar. it's actually, no. They'll confirm that oh, it's there. Okay. But they said if you test your, if you test its DNA, you'll find that it has traveled from South Dakota or it has traveled from the Midwest. So it's like it's actually from it's a Midwestern so, cougar. So are they but going? It happens to be over here. They're going actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, it's not mom. And they do say I know, and they they do say that like people do see them, and it does happen, but they're not frequently around which doesn't discount the idea that there was a mountain lion there i'm going to say bullshit because there are frequently around because as soon as i moved to alabama we saw one (laughs) you saw one well no but chad (laughs) did i'm speaking as part of chad's (laughs) pack yeah i think um it says there are dozens of sightings every year in southern states but almost none confirmed Mm -hmm. but i don't don't know how you get them confirmed and i think a lot of people like i don't know if you guys are like me i don't think i would know who to call or even think about it like it might go i looked on what's happening in jacksonville our local little facebook what's happening group and there have been numerous times when people have gone on and said hey and even video Mm -hmm. like there was a video of a of a black panther like kind of up north from us in um, Gadsden area, so I don't think those exist, though. See, that's one of the things. I don't think there's such thing as a black panther. Well, it's a black cougar. Hmm. They're all the same thing. They got different names: mountain lions, cougars, black panthers. But it's the black part, right? I think. But, but I don't know. I but mean, they are. And my, um, we have like Chad used to have a lot of friends in railroad, 
And they said that, you know, when they're going on the railroad, they have engineer friends uh, at night in the middle of nowhere between like Mississippi and here. Like you see all kinds of crazy shit, right? Mm -hmm. And they've seen black panthers cross the tracks in front of the train before Hmm. in the middle of nowhere. Don't know. So, well, there's a short aside for a PSA. Yes. Even if the chances of encountering a cougar are low, it doesn't hurt to know what to do if you encounter a cougar. Man, don't think I don't think about that when we like bicycle on the dive. I know. I feel like cyclists are Mm -hmm. like uniquely vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Cougars. Okay. So this is from uh, the Tennessee government wildlife website. Cougars are predatory carnivores. So if you see one, don't run from it. Make yourself threatening. Wave your arms, throw things, yell. Tell it bad kitty. Tell it bad kitty. Like that guy did in that like video where the cougar mama was like kind yes. of like threatening him Stalking and chasing him, him down mm-hmm. the street. That was terrifying. Don't turn away, back away slowly, just like that guy mm-hmm. did in that video. Exactly. Um and she try looked, and go towards shelter. She followed him for like a really long time. She had babies. She did have babies. Yeah. She but was she was not okay with him. I totally love all these spoofs they did about the cougars (laughs) listen when you search for like cougar sightings in the southeast you get all kinds of no telling what you're gonna get so uh, they said pepper spray so if you are a cyclist or a runner or something like that you go out on travel Mm -hmm. like on um, trails like that and pepper spray is not a bad idea Dogs and children have a tendency to run and they are more vulnerable than you. So pick them up so they don't become a target, which I was like, that is a great idea, but also a great idea, like a great way to die. Right. <laughs> you're like on your own, just kid. Die together. Go that way. <laughs> and it says if the animal attacks, do not play dead with a lion. You play dead with bears, I think. Right. It's a mountain lion. You fight back. Mm-hmm. And then it says report to local authorities, probably so they can verify your if cougar bites. and still alive. And then they're going to tell you that there hasn't been cougars in this area for a millennia. I know. I have seen bobcats for sure. I've seen bobcats, but Mm. given all this, we don't know whether it was a bobcat. We don't know whether it was a mountain lion. The mayor later told the newspaper that he thought the vampire beast of Bladenboro was 10% real and 90% imagination. But every few years they revisit it in the paper. And in 1979, a columnist named Jerry Bledsoe reached out to Mrs. Kinslaw, who was the one lady who had seen it out on her porch and it had charged her mm-hmm. on January 5th of that year of 1954. And at first he, he just had to look her up through the phone book. And at first he accidentally reached her mother-in-law. She said it was my daughter-in-law who had that experience, but it didn't attack her. She just saw it in her yard. So he's like, Oh, that's interesting. Cause that's not what any of the newspapers said. So he called the daughter-in-law she said she had not been attacked by the beast, nor seen it either. Oh, <laughs> she my said that was a lie. God. They just made it up. It's all a bunch of bull. Oh, my God. <laughs> so some folks say that most of the story was made up that way. And it was people who were just making up things to see how much they could get the newspapers to publish. Uh. Um but other folks say that there really was something there and that it could still be out there. And there is one more theory that I will talk about briefly in the B side next week. Oh, it's kind of like the, uh, was it the Crichton leprechaun down the mobile? Oh my God. Where yes, they're the like, leprechaun. the news came and the guy was like, oh yeah. <laughs> double down, double down. <laughs> double down. <laughs> it was the best. It's pure gold, pure gold. All right. Thanks, y'all, so much for listening. We will talk to you later. Bye.